how do we biblically keep the Sabbath? What is breaking the Sabbath? And what about all those hard situations where we're faced with this thing and we don't know what to do? Some people teach that the Sabbath is legalistic. Others teach that we shouldn't care about the Sabbath. But what is the balance? That is really the question. And I think that is what Yeshua came to clear up in his ministry regarding this very important fourth commandment. Uh, Brian sisters, today I'm so excited to join you in this discussion because we're going to be looking at four provisions, principles that Yeshua taught regarding the Sabbath in his ministry. And then after we discover them, we are going to be going and looking at some of the questions that you guys sent in, some of the real hard, difficult situations that many of you sent me. And we're going to apply Yeshua's teaching to them and looking at it. We're all within the scope of the Father's instructions. So welcome to the live show tonight. My name is PD and this is Rise on Fire. Before I begin, I just want to say a very special thank you to our partners who always make this possible every month. So if you want to find out how you can support the ministry, you can go to riseonfire.com for information on that. Um, So I also want to just say before I head in that last week we talked about should Christians keep the Sabbath? And I discussed with my friend David Wilbur an in-depth teaching really regarding it. So if that's really your question tonight here, I recommend you go watch that video. Tonight we're going to talk about, okay, if Christians should look at this, consider keeping the Sabbath, not for salvation, but because they are saved and love Yeshua. What does that look like and how do we practically approach it in our lives, especially in this culture and this life that is so hard, so difficult, so different from from a culture that would be biblical, right? And definitely doesn't make it easy. So uh, I guess one of the first questions that we realize we are faced with when we realize the Sabbath is applicable is, okay, well, what do I do? Like, like, what should I do on this day? Right. And I think that's an important question. But what's also interesting is that this day is a day of rest. And and as people, what we love to do, right, is we want to figure out what do we need to do? You know, how do we best please God? And that's awesome. Right. Like, what does God want from us? On this day and and in our work and then and, and with our kids and with everything what do we do but this is the day that god comes and he says this is a day actually of freedom this is a day of rest from your labors this is a day where i give you permission to rest even though the world they don't want to give you that the lord of the sabbath the lord of creation comes and says i give you this day so There are things that he said that he wants us to do and things he doesn't want us to do. But you'll soon discover that that's it's a very simple teaching. But then when we get faced with our real life difficulties, we not need to just figure out how do we now apply that right now? Let me read what are these uh, things that God taught about the Sabbath? What are the basic principles? Uh, The first I want to pull up here is Exodus 20, really, where all this starts and comes from. 
And we see in Exodus 20, verse 9, six days you shall labor, you shall do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you, your son, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your livestock, or the sojourner who is in your gates. All right, so this is really the most simple and basic explanation that the scriptures give us. Hey, just rest from your work. Don't work. Don't make anyone else work either. Okay, so it's not just about you. This is about all of creation, all of mankind. Let them be able to have them uh, rest as well. And this all happens not on any day, but on the seventh day specifically. That's the definition, the biblical definition, that is, of the Sabbath. But let's read on. Uh, Leviticus 23 verse 3 also tells us six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall not do any work. It's a Sabbath to the Lord and on your dwellings. Okay, so it says the same, but it also says that, hey, this is a holy convocation. In other words, there's this word uh, mikra, right? That's used in the Hebrew, and it means a gathering or a reading, a a coming together of fellowship. And whatever your means are, wherever you are in the world, it is all about fellowship, whether you go to a fellowship and with believers, that's preferable if that's possible. And if that's impossible, fellowship in your house, reading the Bible, studying, talking about the Lord, uh, praying for one another, a gathering, a, a holy gathering. That's what the Father desires as well. Okay, let's let's read another verse. Uh, Exodus 35, verse 3. This is an interesting one. He says, you shall kindle no fire in all your dwelling places on the Sabbath. Right? This is definitely uh, uh, more... Um, controversial one, if you will. Many people have taken this very far, right? They have said, okay, we we shouldn't even uh, turn on our cars. We shouldn't even turn on the light because electricity is a source of fire, (laughs) you know, uh, power, if you will. Uh, in, In Orthodox Judaism, this has gone very far, for example. But what is the heart behind this commandment, right? Well, in the context, of course, in Israel, and in, in this ancient time when it was given, it's a it's a big deal to kindle a fire. You need to go and go to the wilderness, go get your firewood. You need to get a lot of wood because the fire is going to be how you make cook your food. It's going to be how you keep warm, right? It serves a big purpose and it needs to be burning all night. You need a lot of wood for that. So to kindle a fire is not just to light it. OK, it's a whole process. And that's why um, we are soon going to get into an example of that, where there was even a man who got stoned by gathering some some twigs. What's up with that? We're going to talk about that here in a sec. But the point is that this kindling of the fire, it's not about you can't turn on a light switch. It's about the same principle that has been taught thus far in all of Scripture, that w- what the Sabbath is, a day of rest. And now, if you're going to uh, kindle a fire, that involves a lot of labor by nature. And that's what God doesn't want his people to be doing. So what does that mean? Well, you kindle your fire before the day starts. You you make sure you've got all the wood. You've got all the things in your household. You've got all the groceries. You've got all the the um, the, the preparations. If you're going to have being if you're going to be working hard to prepare a massive meal, 
well, it's probably a good idea to try and do most of that work before the day begins. Whatever work, whatever preparations you do, whatever is possible for you, that you do. But Yeshua said, the Sabbath is made for man. Right? Man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is made for man. So, so we have all of these holy, somewhat strict sounding instructions, and they are to be considered holy, and they are black uh, black on white, you know. But then there's also a, a, a spirit of the law that we must understand. And we're going to get into that uh, now as well. Because ultimately, if we neglect the purpose of the instructions of God, we, we miss what they're actually trying to do in our lives. We delve into legalism. Okay, We, we start uh, having the law do something it was never to do, causing burdens and bondages. So many people in Christianity, you know, when you ask them about the Sabbath, they'll say, well, you know, I, I don't like the Sabbath, you know, that, that's all about that stuff that and then they say things like, oh, it's like the um, uh, people who say you can't use an elevator or you can't do this, you can't do that. Right. But that's the Orthodox Judaic uh, perspective and teaching that is that has been very common. And that's where many Christians get their definitions. But that's not necessarily the biblical definition. Uh, for example, I just want to read to you one example that I came across on yeshiva.co. It's a, uh, a Jewish website, right? Um, in Orthodox Judaism. And someone wrote into the rabbi and they asked, hey, I want to ask about using an elevator on Shabbat at a hotel. What should I do? And look at what the rabbi said. He said, Shalom, thank you for your question. You're quite correct that using an elevator on Shabbat is very problematic. Because of this, there are Shabbat elevators in Israel and a few other places that are designed to work automatically without any need for the passenger to do anything. Talking about pushing a button, right? That's what you do to start an elevator. Unfortunately, he says, you won't have such an elevator in the hotel you're visiting. So what are the options? If there is a non-Jew who's using the lift for themselves, you are allowed to join them. However, you ought to get off on the floor, or they do, and enter and exit the lift with them. <laughs> it would seem that in this particular hotel, there aren't a lot of guests using elevators, and so this option isn't a good one on that particular level. So rather, just stay away from this hotel because it may be hard for you because there's an elevator and you, you're going to need to push that button. But is this not missing the point? You see, an elevator makes our lives easier because it means you don't need to take the stairs. It, it, there is no labor involved with pushing a button. And, uh, and, and so, uh, so the labor is really the question about the, uh, regarding the Sabbath. Is there a labor involved? And, and, is, and what is that labor for us? Um, Matthew 23, verse 4, Yeshua spoke about certain Pharisees, and he said they tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. See, when we start creating man-made laws about how these things are to be done, we create these burdens. Man, this poor lady cannot use an elevator. What are the alternatives? How do I figure that out? That becomes a massive burden, right? Now, let's let's look at what is the correct application. Okay, Yeshua, Jesus in the flesh came and he taught many things regarding this. And we're going to talk about a few of those right now. 
The first example that I want to bring up to you is one that is in three places. This story is told in your New Testament. So God really wanted you to get this. Okay. In Luke 6, Mark 2 and Matthew 12, it is. And I'm going to read the Matthew 12 version. And it's let me let me pull it up for you all to read with me. Okay. So at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and they began to pluck heads of grain to eat. But when the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him to eat, nor those who were with him, but only for the priests. And then he goes on, he says, have you not read in the law how the Sabbath, uh, the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, others are mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless. So there's a few couple of things that go on here, but I want to just focus on the fact that his disciples were hungry in need. They were coming back from doing ministry, right? And as they are going through this field that hungry and in need, Jesus allows him to pluck and eat because they're hungry. See, so we see this principle that they are guiltless because they weren't actually breaking the commandment because they were doing what is lawful to do on the Sabbath ministry work, right? They were, uh, they were with him doing that. And also since this is an issue of life, promoting life and their welfare, it's permissible, permissible. It's good to do what is good on the Sabbath. Right. And the other thing that I want to point out is that he says something greater. Let me pull it up in verse six. He says here again, something greater than the temple is here. Right. So he is talking about obviously his temple. He's talking about the fact that he is the temple. He's talking about he is this Levitic. He's this Melchizedek priesthood where we had the Levitical priesthood, which he made the example of, but he says something greater is here. And of course, we know the Melchizedek priesthood is greater. And we are priests in his priesthood. And he's just bringing us all together to say, look, I am allowing you. This is not about breaking the Sabbath. I'm not allowing you to break the Sabbath. He's not saying that. But he's saying, I am allowing you to do good things. I am actually instructing you to do what is good on the Sabbath. In the book of Luke, chapter four, he gets up and he says, I came to set the captives free. And that's what he did on the Sabbath with his disciples. Go look at the Sabbath in the Bible, in your New Testament. What did Jesus do on the Sabbath? He healed people on the Sabbath. He set them free. That's what it's all about. That's what the Melchizedek priesthood is to do on the Sabbath. Become a play, uh, a people of freedom to allow their temples, because we're all temples of the Holy Spirit, to become the, the, the place where God's presence dwells on the earth and how people encounter the Lord. That is what we are supposed to become on the Sabbath. All right. So uh, another thing that I want to read to you is here is Numbers 15, verse 32, because people this is a, a really good question that people often ask is, well, 
if they weren't in the wrong for picking up, uh, picking grain, what about the guy who picked up sticks, right? Because uh, here it talks about how a Sabbath keeper was executed, okay? And it says here in uh, verse 15, uh, 32, chapter 15, 32, while the people of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man gathering sticks on the Sabbath. Doesn't seem like a big deal, right? And those who found him gathering sticks brought him to Moses and Aaron and all your congregation. They put him in custody because it had not been made clear what should be done to him. The Lord said to Moses, the man should be put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones outside the camp. Okay, this sounds like a really big deal. Right. Why is it is Jesus just like lightening things up right now when he comes up? He says, hey, yeah, pick some grain. Doesn't matter. But this guy, he picks up sticks and he gets stoned for it. Like did God change? Did, did Jesus change God's instructions? What happened? No, these are two different situations. And the context shows us how. All right. The first off, we see that this man is not he's not stoned for gathering sticks like People have sometimes said that's not why he's being stoned. He's stoned for rebellion. Because God has just said uh, earlier what the Sabbath is to be, that you are to rest from your labors, that you are not to kindle a fire, to go uh, to gather wood on this on the Sabbath. Do it before honor my day. And what does this man do? Well, it doesn't exactly say what his excuse was for doing it, but it's likely rebellion. He likely was, well, whatever. And he just went and did what God just said you shouldn't be doing. And he placed a higher value on his work and what he wanted to do than honoring God's holy day. Okay. So the context of this all is God has just supplied manna from heaven. God has delivered them from Egypt. He's he split the sea for them. He's done miracles. For these people, and this is now his. This is what this man does after witnessing all of these things from the Lord. Okay, this is the context. His heart is a heart of rebellion, but yet when we look at the disciples, they're with Yeshua. And what what, what is the context there? They're going through a grain field. They're hungry because they've been doing ministry. They're coming back from that, and they're busy doing the Lord's work. And Yeshua said. I work even as my father works this day. Right. What kind of work does the father do? He brings healing, freedom and deliverance. Yeshua brought healing, freedom and deliverance to people, set the captives free. This is what the disciples were up to. And so it's lawful to eat the the bread from the presence, just like the priests in the Levitical temple. They work in that temple, even on the Sabbath. It's lawful to do ministry on the Sabbath. It's always been and always will be. Okay, this is a different situation. I want to point this out. And we are now laying some groundwork because we're about to soon get into some of the the questions you guys sent in. But we need to understand some principles heading into it so we can know how to judge rightly. Right. Okay, so bear with me. We've got just a few more things to go through here. Matthew 12, verse 11. Uh, Yeshua heals on the Sabbath. He says, which one of you who has a sheep and falls into a pit on the Sabbath will not take a hold of it and lift it out? How much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do what is good on the Sabbath. Okay, so he's giving a new principle here. He's saying when you are doing good, you're not breaking the Sabbath. In other words, in our day today, 
essential things like a doctor, a doctor who's on who's on call, right? It's good for him to work on the Sabbath because if he doesn't, like if a surgeon doesn't work, someone gets in a car accident, he gets to the hospital and there's no one to save his life. Is that not missing the point of the Sabbath? If that doctor's like, yeah, like he can die because I'm keeping the Sabbath. That would be weird. See, but this is what Yeshua is teaching. It's simple, right? Firefighters. Are we going to let all the houses burn down that catch fire on the Sabbath? Unfortunately, we live in a fallen world where terrible things happen, even on the Sabbath. Are we going to put the military or military who defend our countries on, on Sabbath leave every Sabbath? Unfortunately, we need them defending our borders at all times. And the list goes on and on. Essential services, people who work in in, in areas that give life are valuable and they are allowed to work on the Sabbath. Okay. And so so we have we're seeing a few principles that Yeshua is starting to lay here for us. Another one that uh, I want you to see here is in Matthew 23, verse 23. Let's pull that one up as well for you. So Matthew 23, verse 23, we read, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin, and I've neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, faithfulness. These you ought to, ought to have done without neglecting the others. Okay, so we see that he criticizes some of these Pharisees who are neglecting weightier matters of the law. In other words, there are weightier matters of the law and less weightier matters of the law. They were they were tithing and doing all that, but they weren't exercising justice, mercy and faithfulness. Yeshua is saying that justice, mercy and faithfulness are weightier matters. So in other words, if our obedience to God's commandments is at the expense of justice, mercy or faithfulness, we miss the point. If we if we keep the Sabbath, for example, let's just talk about the Sabbath uh, in the context we're talking now. If we keep the Sabbath at the expense of justice, at the expense of mercy, at the expense of faithfulness, we miss the point. And that's what's really important for us to keep in mind. Let's make an example. Um, have you ever seen, this is probably a little bit more rare in America, but I we have them in South Africa now and then. We have minimum speed limits. It's a speed limit where you're not allowed to really drive slower than what, what it says on the board, on the road, right? Because if you, on that road, drive too slow, it's a fast road, maybe a highway of some sort, and people can drive into you if you don't drive fast enough, right? Makes sense. Now, if someone, though, breaks that law of the road and starts driving very slow, almost crawling, almost stopping, will you not brake to avoid hitting them? Will you not even go below that speed limit in order to avoid hitting their car? Of course. So are you not then breaking the law? No, because you understand that the preservation of this person's life in front of me is it's good for me to be faithful to that preservation of life. It's good for me to have this understanding of mercy. And so I slow down and my, and the law is fulfilled in my love for the person in front of me, 
that I slow down for, even if on a very technical level, I'm quote unquote breaking the Sabbath, uh, excuse me, breaking the, that road sign, even if I'm actually not, because it is keeping it when we preserve the heavier matter that we are faced with. That's really important. And that's what Yeshua was teaching regarding all of these examples we have seen. So that we, we, we see this freedom that Yeshua gives us. But also we don't take this as permission to be careless about obeying his instructions. OK, there's a balance here. God's instructions are beautiful. They have they are there. We keep them. And then there is the understanding of weightier matters. There's the understanding of all these principles that we are seeing Yeshua bring out. Okay. And so typical secular work is prohibited on this day, including, you know, some people say, is it an, is it, is it only if you're in Israel that this applies? If you don't live in Israel, it doesn't matter when they were on the wilderness, the Sabbath applied. They weren't in Israel in the promised land yet. It's still applied. Okay, the commandment applies to all creation at all times and all locations. It has been set in stone in Genesis two, verse three. It was not Israel, the land of Israel, as we know it today, did not exist in that way yet, arguably even. So anyway, uh, let's let's under let's look. Let's now look further into this. We're now soon going to be looking at some real situations some questions that you guys have sent in. Um, so we, we've now we've now learned that the Sabbath is capped by us setting the captives free like Yeshua did on the day by us bringing healing and freedom to people around us. Even if that means you walk, you need to walk a little further to get to that person, even if it means you you need to go pick some grain in the grain field. OK. There are things that are important for Yeshua and for him, it was bringing freedom to people. Another thing that's important we saw is fellowship, studying his word. Another thing we can talk about is prayer. That's important. Spending time with the Lord. Another thing is we saw that relaxing or resting is also important. Ceasing from your typical secular labors that you do on the six days of the week. And other traditions are also you know, good to have it's, it's good to have the bread and the wine, for example, it's not commanded, but it's good and remember to, to eat and drink in remembrance of him. OK, so there are things that we can do, but the, the basic simplicity of the commandment remains. And that's what's most important. So uh, I'm going to look at some. Let's dig into some of the uh, things that you guys have sent in. Um, I just want to say that. As I discuss these, I, this is this video, what we're doing here tonight. It's not about making new man-made laws. I'm not here to make a book of PD and tell you this and that is permissible. This and that is not in terms of like we have read the elevator laws have been made and and the laws of how many steps you can take on the day. I'm not here tonight to do that. And that's not what this is about. So you need to understand that for a lot of the, the a lot of the answers to a lot of the questions of what is OK is really it depends. It depends on a lot of things, our motivations, our occupations, what we consider labor. These things do vary from person to person and situation to situation. 
And I also want to say that you may disagree with me on some of the things we're about to head into. And that's okay. I don't think that we should be breaking fellowship over, over, in my opinion, more minor disagreements over, you know, what, 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 is, what is technically breaking the Sabbath and what is not, okay? As long as we agree on the main points, that is what's most important. So Yeshua's provisions where doing ministry work is not breaking the Sabbath. And if you have a motivation, uh, that does matter. Rebellion is not a good motivation. Well, if you do it because of your love for God and if you're doing it out of ministry and for building his kingdom, that's a different motivation. Um, if you're doing good, bringing life, you're not breaking the Sabbath. And the last principle, number four, is our obedience should not be at the expense of justice, faithfulness or mercy. All right. So let's head into it. First one is from Brittany. Right. And she and this is all about children and the Sabbath. She says, I think you've said in a video or two that the Sabbath isn't supposed to be a burden. It's supposed to be a blessing. But when I observed the Sabbath on Saturdays, it felt like a burden, not only for me, but for my family also. A lot of the time, birthday parties, parades and other activities fall on this on Saturdays. So when we can't participate in those things, my kids get upset. Another uh, lady even sent in the same question, saying she's concerned that her kids would get better at her and at God and at the whole concept of a Sabbath. So Brittany ends it with saying it's hard. Any advice you have is so appreciated. Well, Brittany, thank you for sending this in. You know, I, I, I think let me just say this first. The Sabbath is not supposed to be a heavy burden, just like you said. But at the same time, we have to remember that Yeshua said, my burden is light. So there is a burden to follow Yeshua, right? He's going to ask us to change our lives and do things that are going to look so different from the world that by nature, it's going to be difficult. Sometimes you're going to be persecuted and it's sometimes to be honest, sometimes it's difficult, but in comparison to the yoke of the world, right? This is not there's nothing to there is a yoke that is on people who are working seven days a week that God wants to set you free from. And that is what the yoke is that he's removing from you. And he's putting a yoke on you. That's like, I want you to rest. And that's going to be hard sometimes, but it's actually a better deal than what the world has to offer you. So the, the big important thing is with our children is if there are some things that they can do on the Sabbath and there will be some activities that they just won't be able to do. But what is important is if in those things that they will be restricted from doing, do we provide them with an alternative? Do we provide them with with something like, OK, hey, guys, we can't go to the parade, but we can. Let's let's go and 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 play, spend some time together as a family doing uh playing with the kids or or maybe there is a fellowship that you can go to on the on the Sabbath and and they your kids can fellowship. You know, there are many children who are so excited about the Sabbath every week because that's the time they get to see their friends at at their fellowship and play with them. So, you know, there are things that they may lose out on, but there are things that we can still provide for them 
to help alleviate that disappointment, right? And um, so let, let's just look at a few of these things that she mentioned. She said parties, okay? So what about parties? Can kids go to parties? Now, it's really a, a question of it, it depends again. There's parties and there's parties, <laughs> Right there, there is a party and there is a party. Uh, and then there's, where is this party? Is it at a restaurant? Well, then it's, it's, it's an easy answer. No, it's probably not a good idea because by nature, going to a restaurant, you're going to have people working. They're there to serve you and you're going to have to pay them. And there's, there's just, there's all of that involved. And that's a clear no. Now, but now, if this is a situation where, okay, look, there's there's a mother who you're friends with, and her child is having a birthday party. It's starting at you know three p.m. or whatever. You you and your kids, you're gonna do your Bible study and fellowship in the morning. You're gonna do all the the stuff that you like guys like to do on the Sabbath in the morning. And this mother that your that your daughter's birthday. Um, your daughter is going to whose child's birthday it is there's a there's an opportunity to witness to her because she's just starting to come to the lord well you know a party can be very much just a, a kid's party can be very much just a kid's play and the adults chat about yeshua you know so it really depends on the situation very much so but i would say typically uh, if we're talking about a party and it's this is not really going to be something that's going to glorify God, and it's really not needed. Then I would, I would probably err on the side of, ah, eh, we probably will be focusing on the Lord and and family things and going to a fellowship maybe or or whatever else you know. So most, I would usually say, eh, probably not. In some some situations, maybe it could be permissible, but it's going to really depend on the situation. Um, so yeah, I hope that helps out. Like something like a parade, that's probably, uh, probably, probably not going to a parade on the Sabbath. Uh, it's probably going to be a bit of a distraction from, from what the day is supposed to be. And I didn't understand why that's really needed to go to a parade. There are other days that those things can happen. I know that many, many places hold everything on Saturdays, but sometimes we'll have to just pass some things over. All right. Next question, Jeremy, finding rest with small children. He says, kids' attention spans are short. Kids vary in age, so their level of comprehension is different for each one. And the environment is often loud and noisy and often chaotic, so quiet study time is hard to come by on the Sabbath. Okay, so... Yeah, this is definitely, I understand. And this was something that many people uh, on, on Facebook when I posted this, many people came and commented, yes, my, I, I struggle to rest. My kids are young. <laughs> what do we do about that? And, you know, I, I understand that. That's hard. What we must understand, though, is that God gave, blessed us with children. He, he allowed us to be fruitful and multiply. It's, he, he said, let the little kids, let the little children come unto me. Okay, so... God is not going to be like, well, you're sinning because you're 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 looking after your children. Like, no, of course not. We when we are raising small kids, we are uh, in a season where 
yeah, it's difficult sometimes. It's hard to find a time to rest and get away. And I get that. But it is seasonal. And so things will look different in that season of our lives. But there are ways we can, you know, do our best. That's really what I think is most important is, is do our best. Our children will have different attention spans. They will learn things uh, faster than uh, some of our other kids. But we meet them where they're at. They may be so small that, you know, what, what they can't be partaking in a deep Bible study, but they can sing songs to the Lord with you that you can teach them a, a basic Bible story that they can understand. And it can be short if their attention span isn't long. And then you can put on a Bible related uh, kids show. There, there are many educational, amazing things these days that they can watch. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, allowing them to do something there while you maybe do a deeper study or while you... There's nothing wrong with that either, especially when their attention spans are short to begin with. Uh, God understands these things. He is a father after all. And sometimes we are just like our kids. To, we're, we're like to him, just like our kids are to us, right? Kelly actually uh, sent in as well. Yes, I'm always wondering because with all my little kids, I really can't rest. We have mainly spent those days taking a special walk in nature and admiring what he's created and talking about his word. So I love what she said. And that's why I added it here is do something like going, go and a little family out and go walk through nature, um, admiring what he's created, talking about his word, simple things. You see, the Sabbath does not need, let me just say this. It's, it's good to study on the Sabbath. It's good to fellowship with others. Go to, but don't, be mistaken to think that from the minute the Sabbath begins to the minute the Sabbath ends, I have to have my nose in the Bible. Okay, there it is. Okay, because remember, remember, it's 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 God wants us to rest. God wants us to 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 cease from our labors. He wants us to take time off as well. And sometimes that means just taking a walk through nature, whatever that is for you, right? And so we don't have to. There's no commandment in the scriptures. We're not talking tonight, by the way, guys, we are talking about what is sin. You can have different opinions on, on this and that, and that's OK. But we are talking about what is sin tonight. And that's this is not a sin to there's no scripture that commands you to 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 be studying from the beginning to the end of Sabbath. Right. That's just not there. This is supposed to be a delight to us. This is supposed to be a day of peace, a day of freedom. A day of studying the word. Yes. A day of fellowship. Yes. A day of spending time with our family. A day of resting. All these things. That's what the Father desires. It is good to do good on the Sabbath. Um, right. Let me see next here. All right. Uh, Melissa say, wrote, wrote in regarding our mental state. And I love what she said. She said regarding overthinking. I've struggled with this since starting to keep the Sabbath two years ago. I've always been an overthinker and I feel it robs me of the peace and joy in keeping his day set apart. OK, I totally understand this. I think what we must remember is the Sabbath is not just a day where we physically go and say we're not going to labor and work, but it's also a mental state. 
Okay, the, it's not just about resting in the physical things, but resting in how we think. Yeshua said, come to me, all you are weary and give your burdens unto me. You see, that's not a physical thing. That's a mental, um, spiritual thing that he calls us to do. To, to tr- entrust him with our burdens, entrust him with what worries us, entrust him with everything we need to think about. And that's what he wants us to do. He is our Sabbath rest. We give him our burdens. And that's really what is important. And I think a practical way to do that is, you know, many uh, there are many who have traditions regarding this and they say, well, let's welcome in the Sabbath and you can do it any way you want. There's no command on how there's no command, but just make it a point to remind the family that the Sabbath is beginning. So when the sun goes down, the Sabbath begins, sing a song, pray a prayer. Yeshua, thank you for dying for us. Thank you for being our Sabbath race. Thank you for the Sabbath you've given us. Thank you, Lord. We give us, uh, we give you our burdens, right? When we do all of these things, we are reminding everyone and we are now physically going and, and giving our burdens unto him. And that will really help us with the rest of the day to continue to be reminded that I'm not allowed in this 24 hours to be overthinking things, to be carrying my own burdens. But I need to trust Yeshua because I need to understand it's not going to be my thinking and overthinking is going to save me, but it's going to be Yeshua is going to save me from my troubles. Amen. Amen. All right. I hope that helps uh, you answer your question, Melissa. Next one is on entertainment, hobbies and driving cars. Vanessa asked, is driving allowed? Sometimes my husband and I want to spend Sabbath in nature, like by a river. But my parents tell me driving somewhere on the Sabbath is not allowed. Things like that are confusing for us still. Okay, so. Driving, we need to always ask ourselves to to determine what is allowed. Does it break the commandment? The commandment is do not labor, do not make anyone else labor, cease from your works. Okay, so is it labor for you to drive a car? No, it's not. Uh, Some people would say, well, PD, you're kindling a fire because there's 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 a fire inside of a petrol engine. That this is quite far fetched from the original instruction of do not kindle a fire and the obvious reasons that the father gave that considering the work that goes into that. When you drive a car, you need to turn a key and you need to put your foot on the pedal and you need to turn a steering wheel. Okay, that is not as laborious even as taking a walk for many people. You're sitting and you're driving somewhere just to walk through nature. In fact, walking through nature like Vanessa desires to do here is a wonderful thing to do on the Sabbath, a a thing that many people love to do. That's rest. That's peaceful. That's good. It's it's the returning to the garden, isn't it? That inner desire of us to be in creation. That's good to do on the Sabbath. And so to say, no, we're not allowed. Well, Yeshua walked with his disciples on the Sabbath oftentimes. Driving is even less labor than that. So no, driving is allowed on the Sabbath. Now, if you're going to tell me, well, you know, we're going to drive six hours 
or we're going to drive a long time. And, you know, there's a point where driving does become a, a, a labor. It becomes, a, and we all know where that, that line is. So that's a different situation. But if we're talking about driving down the road to take a walk or to do something else, it's different, okay? Teresa writes regarding family, weddings, parties, and hotels. And she says, yes, the Torah says to not work and to not make others work. In our culture, this is very difficult. What is considered work? Can you stay in a hotel? And if you do, should you put the do not disturb sign out so you don't get maid service? Are you allowed to travel for gatherings? And what about family weddings? Most of my family don't keep Torah and weddings and parties are usually on Shabbat. Okay, this is some there. These are some really good ones. Uh, and really, they can be difficult to wrestle with. Let's be honest. Okay, so with each of these, I will ask, is it needed? Okay. Is it needed for us to stay in the hotel on Shabbat? Now, sometimes the answer may be no, it's probably not needed. But a lot of times it, it would be because usually we live in a, the reason we go to a hotel is because we don't have a house in that city. We don't have another place to lay our head. So what is a hotel really? It's shelter. A hotel is the ability for us to have a place to sleep that's not under a bridge tonight. And so when we go and we have to travel somewhere, you know, maybe you're going to a biblical conference, maybe you're going to, to visit family members and you have no place to sleep except for a hotel. If, if that's for some reason, the situation, is it going to be wrong to sleep in a hotel that night on this, even if it's on the Sabbath, I believe if the reasons are pure, no, there's no problem with it because ultimately just like it is the, the disciples picked grain because they were in need. If you're getting in a hotel because you're in need of shelter, it's good. Remember, brothers and sisters, the Sabbath was made for us. We weren't made to serve the Sabbath. And so that's what I would ask. Uh, I think it's a very good idea to put up a do not disturb sign. If I am forced to be in a hotel on Sabbath, then, well, I'm not going to make anyone work as far as I possibly can. I'm not going to ask them to bring me food. I'm not going to ask the maid to come work and clean my room. I'm not going to do any of that stuff. I'm not even if possible, uh, if possible, of course, what is possible we do, right? If possible, I'm going to pay for it, not before or, you know, I'm going to, uh, excuse me, not on the day, but maybe before. Okay, you do what, what you can. But ultimately, God understands our heart. He understands where we're at. And he understands that this is an important need for our family to have sometimes. Okay, another question that she asked, well, another thing she asked is regarding travel for gatherings. Yes, travel for gatherings is okay if you have no other way. If you are traveling to be at a fellowship, a conference, a something, and you need to travel, some people live f further. They need to drive an hour to get to their church. And they do it on the Sabbath because if they don't, they won't get there. Their family will not get the word. Their family won't get the fellowship because they're trying to keep the Sabbath. 
That's missing the point because the Sabbath is there to bless you. The Sabbath is there to make give you life. Now, if you cut off life from your family to keep the Sabbath, you miss the Sabbath's purpose. Okay, so remember that. Okay, so yes, it is okay to travel for gatherings on the Sabbath. Yes, it brings life. Now, family weddings. This is a hard one. Let's be honest, guys. Um, so I, I would my I, also, I actually spoke to Christina about this one and, you know, she brought up an important point because she said, well, is it the ceremony? Is it the reception that plays a role? Uh, whose wedding is it? You know, and we need to keep in mind that this is a wedding and a way and weddings are big deals. Now, ceremony or reception, some receptions, you need to judge for yourself, brothers and sisters. Use the Holy Spirit's wisdom and discernment and prayer and all of the things we're talking about tonight. But in this one, for example, what kind of reception, what kind of a wedding is this? What, are these people biblical, uh, Bible-following believers? Are they more secular family members? Where are they at? And what is that reception going to look like? If it's going to look like a, a drunken party, that's probably not good to be there on the Sabbath. But the ceremony is usually more set apart. People typically respect that. And if this is a family member, let's just think about this. This is Let's just say it's your sister, okay? Your sister decides to have her wedding on the Sabbath. Now, do I prefer that? No, I don't. Me and Christina, we had our, our wedding on a Sunday. We did not have it on the Sabbath. But... If someone does it and it's outside my control and it's say, just to say it's a sister or it's someone like that. Well, if I tell her, hey, I'm not going to come to your wedding because it's on my Sabbath. What kind of a message does that send? What does that do to our witness? That will probably that, that could really cause destruction in that relationship because this is not just anything. This is a wedding and God has brought two people together. We are praising God at a wedding ceremony about the fact that he has brought together these two people like he destined when he created mankind, when he said it is not good for man to be alone. So when we come together, we celebrate that. We celebrate that life. Yes, it, it, it can be fine to do that, to go and uh, partake on the Sabbath. I don't prefer it because sometimes there's a lot of labor involved with weddings. There's a lot of, there are people that, that need to work. You, you get your photographers, you get your catering, you get your, and I don't prefer that. Okay. And so if I'm in charge, I wouldn't do that. But if you're invited and, and this is someone important to you, and then I would consider going, right? So really pray about that and really ask yourself, what is this? Who is this? How is this going to look? But it can be really good to consider, hey, this person is important to me. These, this couple is important to me. Let's support them. Okay. Next, uh, Sean asks on hobbies, vacation day trips and sexual relations. This is going to be a good one. <laughs> All right. Uh, he says regarding Sabbath keeping, doing personal hobbies like fishing, hunting, or whatever else someone may enjoy. What about traveling like day trips after worship? What about sexual relations in marriage? Of course, he says. 
those are a few thoughts I've had coming into this walk. Okay, so let's talk about personal hobbies. Okay, we're going to have to unpack this one a little bit because I know there's controversy surrounding this. Now, personal hobbies, something like fishing or hunting or, or you know, whatever personal hobby there is, like he mentioned, I believe it is good to do, it's fine to do on the Sabbath. It is fine to do it, but not at the cost of the other things that we need to be doing. So I, I would not, if someone is going to spend their entire Sabbath and their hobby, that's probably out of balance. But if they're going to put some time aside in the day and just because this is how they relax, they're going to go fishing because that's how they just wind down. That's how they speak. They, a lot of people speak to God at their hobbies. That's how they spend time with God. They they make it a thing, right? Some people like go biking and taking a stroll through nature. Or, okay, whatever that is, I think it's fine. Some people would say, "Well, look, no, PD, you're talking you're talking nonsense because any kind of creative labor is breaking the Sabbath." And this is the orthodox view uh, in Judaism, uh, in some circles, that creating anything like God created the world in Genesis and he, he he ceased from his labors on the Sabbath. Now, that sounds good and all, and it, but we need to understand that the commandment is to cease from labor. Now, God was laboring when he was creating the world. And the commandment is against labor, not being creative. There's a difference. You can be creative in your labors but you can also be creative without laboring in a typical way of work, like you work your six days a week. So the question really is, what is your work? What do you do six days a week? If that is your hobby, it's not really your hobby because a hobby is not your work, right? That thing you do six days a week is not to be done on the Sabbath. That typical work that you get your food, your money from that you don't do on the Sabbath. So that's the curse of labor that we were put under in and at the fall of man. God says you will toil in the ground. And he's now, this is what the Sabbath is, is on the Sabbath, you don't do that. On the Sabbath, you rest from that. So the problem is not being creative. It is fine to be creative on the Sabbath. Uh, for example, I know Christina, my wife, she loves painting. She, that's a way that she relaxes. She, she loves doing it. It's, and that's fine. Okay. Um, so people would then say, well, P, hold up. What about Isaiah 58? Okay. And, and I want to pull this up for you all because this is a, this is a very misunderstood chapter regarding the Sabbath. So Isaiah 58 verse 13, I'm going to, let me pull it up here for you all so you can read with me. Um, okay. If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways or seeking your own pleasure or talking idly, then the Lord goes on and says he will bless us. Now, this does really sound like he's saying, hey, you're, you're not allowed to do anything that is pleasurable to you on this day. Okay, so if this is what it what it's saying the consequences of that is 
pretty huge. So we need to really understand what this means. Because obviously you can't do that. That means you can't do anything pleasurable. That includes hobbies. That includes anything fun. Anything that is, uh, that means even sleeping in or resting can be considered pleasurable. What is pleasurable? Like pleasurable is so like abstract, isn't it? So what is he talking about? The context is important because we have to ask, is Isaiah here coming to create a new commandment? Is he coming? Okay, guys, you know, I'm adding this new thing because this is not in the Torah. The, the Bible never says that the Sabbath is kept by never doing anything pleasurable. I want to submit to you that this is not what the, the context is not talking about the Sabbath as we think about it now. Bear with me. Let's look at the context. Verse two. Okay, we read. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that did righteousness and they and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask of me righteous judgment. They delight to draw near to God. Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? He says, uh, and behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure. You oppress all your workers. Verse four. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Okay, so he, he's talking about fasting. He talks about how we are about humbling yourself. And he talks about how these people are fasting wrongly. Now, he then goes on and he says in verse 13, like we read earlier about the Sabbath, how this is also a day of, of rest, the Sabbath to you. What day in the year is there where God commands us to humble ourselves, to fast, to keep a Sabbath? Well, that's the day of atonement. On the day of atonement, one of God's feast days, if you will, he commands his people to keep a Sabbath. And in fact, here we are reading Isaiah talking about a people who are not humbling themselves in the right way. And that's the language. The, the, the commandment of keeping the day of atonement is to afflict yourself. That means you do not take any pleasure. You do not do what you want in any ma ma manner. You repent, you fast, you abstain from your labors, you Afflict and and you also do what is good. In other words, you bring freedom to captives. That's the point Isaiah makes in this chapter, if you read further. But my point is just that this is not Isaiah coming to say, hey, guys, I'm here to give you a new commandment on top of what you know about the Sabbath. And that is you're not allowed to do anything pleasurable. No, he's telling us what the scriptures already say about the Day of Atonement, because the Day of Atonement is already not a day of our own pleasure. It's a day of afflicting our souls. That's the language used in the Hebrew to afflict yourself. So that's what Isaiah is referring to here. OK, and that's why it is OK for us to keep the Sabbath and do things that are pleasurable. Oh, 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 guys, to do to uh, to say we can't do anything pleasurable is to say we can't do anything and the Sabbath will become an absolute inverse of what God created it to be on, on that weekly basis. Because 
There's only one day a year that God commands us to abstain from our own pleasures. That's the Day of Atonement. The weekly Sabbath, God commands us to rest from our labors. Okay, so that's the difference here. Because otherwise, if we think that every week we can't on the Sabbath, we can't do anything pleasurable. That means we can't spend time with our our kids in the ways that we like to throw ball with them or or going through a, a walk in nature. That was you consider pleasurable. You can't do any of those things then because they're all pleasurable things for us as people. But that's not what God is saying here. He is saying on the day of atonement, you afflict yourself. That is a day of repentance, sackcloth and ashes, and, um, uh, uh, and not indulging in any type of, of your own pleasures. So um, now to just finish this question from Sean. Okay, he asks, now what about sexual relations in marriage on the Sabbath? Well, the Bible does not bring any prohibition against sexual relations with your wife on the Sabbath. There's, there's no, the only commandment is do not labor, do not make anyone else labor. This does not fall into that. So there is nothing wrong with that. It is good to spend time with your family. It is good time to spend time with your wife, even in an intimate manner. God has designed that for us, that intimacy that we can have between husband and wife. And he gave us the Sabbath as a day of rest, a delight, a joy for us. And I do not see anything wrong with sexual relations with your marry. <laughs> and it's like uh, it's like Sean said in marriage, of course, because if it's out, if it's outside marriage, well, it's not it's not lawful on the Sabbath nor any other day. <laughs> OK, cool. So uh, next topic here is causing others to stumble. And Rebecca wrote in regarding this. She said, OK, what about walking into a building someone works in? Is walking into a building that someone has paid to be cleaned on Shabbat, breaking Shabbat, because it would cause someone else to work? Thank you for your videos, Brother PD. Well, thank you for watching, Rebecca. Praise God. Thank you for your question. It's a good one. So, you know, I guess we have to ask ourselves when we are talking about entering a building, I'm imagining a corporate type of building, right? A building that needs to be cleaned. So in other words, a building the public uses, but what kind of a building? This is a question where I would say it depends because are we talking about a church building? Because a church building, I know some churches, they need to, when they meet on Sabbath, sometimes they're renting from a different church and they need to clean that before Sabbath is over. So, it's lawful to do that because that's part of ministry. That's part of what allows them to meet and have fellowship with one another. So that cleaning in that house would be totally fine on Sabbath, of course. Are we talking about a hospital building? Is it okay to enter a hospital building? A hospital building is cleaned 24-7 all the time by cleaners. So what about that on the Sabbath? Of course it's good to enter, find to enter a hospital on the Sabbath because it's to bring life. What kind of a building? Are we talking about a uh, a shop, like a, a typical shop building that people go into? It's probably not a good idea to go in there in that case, because, well, never mind the, the cleaning or whatever, but you're going to have someone there who needs to assist you and help you. Even if you're not going to buy something, they're going to be there to help you look at things, even if you're just window shopping. So I guess I, the cleaner 
the cleaning is an aspect, but I am at least worried about the cleaner itself, you know, because the cleaner, whoever cleans the building, if we're in a situation where it's, say, someone's house, and I'm thinking I'm going to visit their house, but aren't they going to clean on the Sabbath then? Well, hopefully, you know, if they're keeping the Sabbath, they're gonna, they'll just wait until after the Sabbath to do any big cleaning, right? But if they don't keep the Sabbath, really, it's we can do what we can. We can be like, hey, let's let's try and make this let, let's try and not make this heavy. If we're going to bring food, um, let's just say there's going to be cooking involved, and we're going to be visiting our friends, and they don't really keep the Sabbath, well we can come and bring food for make the food beforehand, bring the food so that on the Sabbath that there's not a lot of labor involved. You know, we can try and work around it. And if there's cleaning involved, how people clean and what day they clean, that's really their choice. We can do what we can, but, you know, we, we hope for them to honor the Sabbath and wait until it's over, even though we can't control them. So I'm, more concerned with why are we going to this building, um, Rebecca? That's really the question. Uh, that will inform the answer. Okay. Hope that helps you out. Another, a question from someone on YouTube. MSLMT wrote regarding causing others to stumble. Is washing dishes considered work? Okay. Well, you know, this is... You see, this is not like, like with many of these questions, brothers and sisters, it's not like, yes, washing dishes is always, is always work. And, and yes, uh, entering a, a building where, where someone, there's a cleaner who may clean, that, that's always prohibited. You see, it's, it's never that simple. Um, when we're talking about washing dishes, I mean, what are we talking about here? <laughs> you know, how many dishes we're talking? <laughs> are we talking about like a stack of dishes? Well, you know, I think it's ideal for us to prepare our household for Shabbat. So we'll, before the Sabbath begins, we'll clean, we'll, we'll do any dishes that needs to be done uh, beforehand. So we don't unnecessarily have like anything big that needs to be done. But now if something happened, like let's just say you have some people, you have people over and, and the next day you're, you're there, you're there to make lunch. And now you realize, oh, it's, it's Sabbath and there's not a dish that's clean. Well, what are we going to do about that? Well, it's well to wash a dish or the, what is needed. That's fine, right? Because ultimately, now we're going to, what are we going to do? We're going to be like, oh, no, honey, we can't eat because we don't have dishes. No, right? We do what we can and we ask ourselves, is it needed? But if I have a stack of dishes there and I'm on, we don't need it to be clean right now. Hey, let's just wait till the sun goes down and let's, let's just rest the rest of the day. Okay. Um, and yeah, so that that's what I would say about that. Uh, I hope that helps out. Um, I think she also added. Okay. I would like to do more outdoor activities with my three-year-old on Sabbath, but it's limited because we would have to use the restroom. Okay, well, so. Okay, so. This is regarding the cleaning as well. So if we say we cannot go with our kids anywhere out on Sabbath, we can't go to a nature place to walk through a park like we read earlier, 
um, Kelly likes to do or because we're afraid they're going to use a restroom and that would mean that maybe a cleaner would come in on that Sabbath and clean that. Uh, you see, I, I consider some things like that where you can leave your house even if you were going to use a restroom. Because when we're talking about a very public service, usually it depends, but a lot of times they're not even cleaning on, on the Saturdays. But if it's a very busy place and they are, this is considered an essential service because if that if those bathrooms aren't cleaned in public places, what would happen? We would have a very unhygienic and disease-ridden place, and that would that is missing the point, right? So I think that it's if possible, right? If you're a cleaner, yes, you don't don't work on the Sabbath if at all possible. But in some cases, cleaners need to work on the Sabbath. And so in those cases, hey, I'm not going to say we can't go and use a bathroom in a public place on the Sabbath because of the cleaners. Um, I don't think that us saying we cannot leave our houses on Shabbat because of we can't use a restroom. I, I think that's missing the point of what the Sabbath is supposed to be for us. Okay. Um, she goes on to say, I'm not sure about going inside places where people are working because they should be resting too. Okay, well, like entering shops and places where people work, I'm not sure what specifically is being talked about here, but I agree. That is not, I think that misses the point. Even if we don't actually buy something, if we go through shops with the intent of window shopping, we are missing the point of the Sabbath. But now get this. Even though our, our focus shouldn't be on commerce on this day. Amen to that. If our intent, me and, me and Christina, we've gone through stores on the Shabbat before, not with the intent of buying something or, or looking at something to buy or whatever. We went with the intent of, hey, there's someone to minister to here. And so that's something else. Yeshua was going around in the public sphere, in public places, outside there, anywhere. And he did on the Sabbath go there with the heart of serving, with the heart of ministering to people. So, you know, it's not necessarily about where you go. It's about why. It's about that more than anything else. Okay. So... Lastly, she says, is it bad to talk about your plans or business on the day of rest? I think this is a great point. Is it bad to talk about the things you do on the six days of the week in terms of your business, your ordinary work, your labors on the Sabbath? She says, I observe Sabbath, my sister, and our desire to incorporate God and Jesus by reading the words, singing songs, biblical activities with our three-year-old cousin, etc. That sounds amazing. However, there are times we slip up and start talking about things we have to do the next day and then we stop. I don't want to become legalistic, but at the same time, I want to make sure I'm pleasing my father. Thank you. Now, look, I don't think God is like waiting there with a hammer, seeing if you're going to be like saying anything about <laughs> tomorrow that you need to be doing and, and hitting you with it. Like, I don't think that's our father. But I, I do understand the point. I think that, hey, man, let's try to not like, 
talk about our work. Let's try and wind down. Let's try and, and, and rest our mind like we talked about earlier, mentally, spiritually. Let's put our focus on godly things, hard things, family things, restful things, not the other things that we have six days a week to do. But I won't feel condemned and be like, oh, no, I, I, I fell into this grave sin because I mentioned what I'm going to do tomorrow at my job to my wife. It's yeah, let's talk about something else, honey. But it's not the end of the world. OK, so let's let's look at it that way, brothers and sisters. Uh, I think we'll do well. Right. Amen. So I hope that that helps you out. Uh, next one is regarding cooking. We kind of touched on this, but let's see if there is something in this question that uh, we haven't addressed. Um, yeah, okay, so um, Vic said, this is a great topic to cover, PD. I would love to see you cover some of these. Cooking and heating food. Now, we didn't really talk about heating food. I think that, like I mentioned, preparations for the Sabbath is, is, is important. If you're going to be planning a big meal for the big family, then let's just start preparing for that for before the Sabbath begins, if at all possible, right? And then when the Sabbath is here, you just you can turn on an oven. That's not a lot of work, okay? You turn the switch. Uh, you heat up the food and dinner is served or lunch is served. I think that that's fine and perfectly well. It doesn't violate the fact that we are, you know, it's not laborious to do that. It's not intensive to do that. It, we still need to eat, right? God is not going to be like, you can't eat because you're going <laughs> to... No, God wants us to eat. He wants us to be able to do those things. Okay. So, hey, man, Vic, I hope that answered your question about heating food. He asked regarding going out to eat as well. Well, going out to eat in terms of a restaurant, I'm assuming you're talking, that is not acceptable on the Sabbath. I'm going to just say that one. I'm going to take a little bit more of a, uh, a hard stance on that. Typically, that would be wrong if you go, if you're just going out to eat for the sake of going out to eat. Okay. But let me give you another example here. One day I was... Uh, South Africa, praying for people on the Sabbath. I was outside in the streets and there was this guy. He was hungry, extremely hungry. And he said, hey, do you just have some bread for me? The scriptures say, what does it help us if we say, oh, go in peace, be clothed, be well, but we don't do anything for them. What does that help us? Right. And so I did not have food with me. I'm far away from home. But there is a place just right here. They're so, they're, they have food. I went there. I bought him food to eat, to have his stomach get something in there so I can preach him the gospel. I, some people say, like, well, how dare you do that? I was picking grain on the Sabbath. I was picking grain on the Sabbath because I was doing something that would bring life. Would I walk away from that guy and say, well, sorry, it's the Sabbath. I can't buy you anything. That misses the point totally, right? But if I'm just going to go to a restaurant because, hey, let's just go to a restaurant, it's fun. No, that's not that's not okay. Uh, we're, we're profaning the day. We're not setting the day apart, right? So, again, the why is everything, isn't it? Um, Vic also said, what about buying and selling? Buying and selling things, uh, there are a few, right? Ex ex excluding some of the 
provisions that we've been talking about that Yeshua gave us, like the grain and uh, doing what is good on the Sabbath and me buying for this guy that I just gave you the example of, buying him food. Um, for, for just typical buying and selling, no, that is something that we should not be doing because we would buy, buy, by definition, be making someone work when we are doing that transaction with them. Right, guys, I hope this is blessing you. I know, I hope this is, I hope this is blessing you. I know some of these are probably going to be like, Peter, I don't know about this. Hey, go pray about it. Ask the Lord about it. Again, this is just, it's just us. I'm just giving you some things to think about. I'm not really telling you what to do here. I'm giving you all some things to think about and chew on with the Lord and pray about and not to divide over, right? Okay. I'm saying this, guys, because people get really hard about these things. And they and man, if, if you do anything different from what I'm telling you here today, I'm not going to judge you for it because I don't know your heart's motivations. OK, let's look further. Um, we're getting close. Just a few more here. Close to the end, just a few more. So one <clears throat> asked regarding doing Sabbath in real with 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 problems in relationships. Okay, the first one is from someone, and I'm going to keep their name anonymous. And they said, does going over to someone else's house to hang out break Sabbath if you know they will clean up after you leave? Okay, I think we discussed this. What they decide to do is not in our control. We, the command is that we do not assign people work. You do not labor. You do not give others work. Now, I mean, if someone is allowing, if I'm visiting friends and family or someone and they, and I'm, and I know that they're going to clean up after I'm there, you know, I can ask them, Hey, let's just chill. We don't have to worry about cleaning up. We don't have to, if we're talking about a big clean or anything, you know, but at this other and the other side, what can we do, right? If if this means that I cannot be with them, I cannot fellowship with them, I cannot be a witness to them, I cannot uh, uh, talk to them about God, because I'm afraid they're going to clean afterwards. I'm missing the point then, right? So, what is the context of the situation? Is what you have to ask yourself again. Okay. So, and what if someone is making dinner for you? Is being asked. Well. I would ask them to make dinner for me on another day, right? If at all possible. And maybe all if we're making dinner together, like I mentioned, we pre-make stuff, we contribute together and we make it on before the Sabbath and the preparation day. What do you do? What do you tell others when they invite you to do something that very clearly breaks the Sabbath? Good question. If this is a clear and cut going to break the Sabbath, this is not going to be good. There's no reason for me to do this. There's no good that's going to come out of this. This is, you know, it doesn't make sense. I know in my heart of hearts that the Lord does not want me to do this. Then, well, you just tell him. You just tell him, look, I keep the Sabbath. Uh, this is what I believe my worship to God is on this day that he created and he set apart. Um, please respect that. Let's let's. Do this on a different day. Uh, yeah. And if they don't handle it well, they give you backlash, which is what this person is then asking. What if they give you backlash? Well, let's just face the fact, brothers and sisters, that unfortunately this will happen sometimes. There are some people who, who get really upset at us when we do 
try and do godly things and try and follow the Bible. We have to hope that people would respect our beliefs as we respect them. And we have to ask them, hey, can you respect what I believe? I, I don't do this in out of malice to you. I don't do this because I don't want to spend time with you. I don't want to be with you. I don't want it's just because of the day that I don't want to make anyone work or I don't want to work or whatever. So let's just do this on a different day. If you explain your motivations, typically people understand. And if they don't, we just have to tell them this is our these these are our beliefs. And it's good to be able to stand on those beliefs when it does matter. Uh, okay. What about people like me? This is now a um, question regarding what about my if my husband is not on board? What about people like me who are so new to it? I'm open to it, but my husband is not. We also have three kids. So how do I try to implement something like this into my home without the full support of my husband or kids? They are 14, 11, and 3. It's a brand new concept for them. And to not have both parents on the same page just complicates it. Well, let me just say that I am, I am, I have, you know, I think God has such, first of all, God has such mercy and grace. I have such mercy and grace and, and uh, I feel it, man, this is hard. And, and this is in many, not just the Sabbath, for many things regarding if our spouse is not on board with us, man, that creates an environment that's so difficult. And brothers and sisters, that's why we're not talking necessarily about an unbelieving husband here now, right? But just if you're looking for a husband or wife, please marry someone who believes. Do not marry someone who does not unless you want to open the door to a hard life when things go on and they are not on the same page. They don't believe in the same God. How will you even raise kids and be equally yoked in that? It's a hard. It can be done, but it's hard. So please, when you're looking for a spouse, Look for someone who is on fire for the for the for God as you are. Okay, so what do we do though when we find ourselves in a position where either they don't believe at all, or they believe they're Christians but they don't, they're not on board with the Sabbath? Uh, I would say to the wife, do what you can. Do what you can. Be be there for the family in terms of when the Sabbath begins. Let's hey guys, the Sabbath is. Beginning, let's let's just say a prayer. Let's just uh, thank God. Let's just um, worship Him. Let's just do something. And and look, they don't have to be totally on board with what the Sabbath is. They can't argue with you about that if they're believers, right? And if they're not believers, you try with the kids to tell them about God. You try, you teach them where you can, as far as you can, right? And I know that when the husband is not on board, things are difficult, but you do what you can. And I would say, do not let this become something that destroys your marriage. Now, hear me out here. Do not say, do not let this become a thing where I will leave my husband. I will leave my wife. I will, I will allow this to destroy our marriage. Because they don't agree with me on this commandment. Don't go there. God has said in 1 Corinthians 7, 14, For the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife. And the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. Otherwise your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. And he also writes and said, Do not separate from them. 
if they're unbelieving, if they don't believe the same as you or don't believe in God at all. God's desire is for marriages to stay intact. Otherwise, why does it help that you keep the Sabbath day? Your marriage is falling apart, though. And because your marriage is falling apart, your kids will, are falling away from the Lord and the, the family unit is being broken apart because you and your husband are having a, a, a total disunity and argument over the Sabbath to the point of destroying your marriage. That doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't make sense. So, so yes, God's commandments are important. They are holy. God's day of the Sabbath is holy. But what we do is we pray for our people or our, our family members who do not believe we do what we can. We say, hey, this is my day. Hubby, I'm going to not work on this day. Don't ask me to work on this day. I feel convicted in my heart personally to honor it. And you hope that they respect you because they love you and you love them, right? That they would honor it. Even if you don't have to tell them, hey, totally all the time. Why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you doing it? You're being disobedient. You're, 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 no, you don't have to. You can tell them what you believe. You can tell them what you think and they will know that. And then you give them an example. You give them an example of, of, of how, what it looks like to rest. Oh, honey, I'm just taking the day off. I'm spending time with the Lord. I'm resting. And then let the Lord come and bless your life. Let the Lord come and, and pour out the blessings of the Sabbath on your life, which he will. Let your husband or wife see that and let them be enticed to wonder, well, is there something to this? But, but if we go too hard on them, they dig in their heels and they want to prove their point and they don't want to hear about it. And they don't, it creates an environment that is hostile instead of an environment that they would be open to correction. You want to give them an off ramp to allow them to be like, well, okay, you know, maybe I was wrong. Maybe there is something to this Sabbath. Right. So, brothers just think about this. Uh, I know that this, there's no easy answer here, all right? There's no easy answer. But pray to the Lord and in your specific situation, which may be very different, but ask Him, Lord, how do I love my wife? How do I love my husband? How do I love my kids in the keeping of your commandments? And how do I do it even when they're not on the same page? And let him guide you. And the Lord will have mercy and grace because he loves you and your family. And he sees that your heart is to do this the best you can. But of course, sometimes things are really hard and he knows and he sees that. Keep that in mind, guys. Our Lord is a father. He is a father before he is a judge. He is a judge, but he is a father before he is a judge. Next topic regarding the Sabbath and work. What if my job falls on the Sabbath? Okay, so if we come to the idea, well, the Sabbath is for today, but my job is on the Sabbath. What do I do? First, I'll ask you, is your job an essential service? Are you a doctor? Are you a farming? Uh, one day I was speaking to a man and he's in charge of making sure the nuclear reactors don't blow up. That's his job. He works at the nuclear reactor. Well, that's a pretty important job, isn't it? If, if he takes, if, if everyone who makes sure that nuclear reactors don't blow up goes on, on, on rest on the Sabbath, and if every doctor and farmer goes on rest, well, our world is going to fall apart in a day. Okay? We've made this point before. So 
That's the first question. The second question is, if you're not an essential service, if you will, a life-giving service in the world, in your occupation, I would start looking for opportunities to not work on the Sabbath. I would, I, I, my requirement from when I started looking for work has been, well, look, I need to be able to take off on the Sabbath. I need, this is it, or I'm not taking the job. That's it. And so when you are there, and if, but if you find yourself in a job like that now, and you come to re the revelation now, well, start praying about it. Ask the Lord to show you where you can go, what you can do about this. Uh, and he can, maybe it means you can talk to your employer. Maybe it means that you need to, at some point, find a new job. But start praying and start looking for a new job if you need to. There are many people who have done that. And guess what? The Lord blesses it. Guys, the Lord blesses our obedience. He blesses people. I have so many testimonies. I don't even know where to begin. Of people who have changed jobs. God doubled their salary when they asked for a, a new job because they were saying, I can't work here anymore because the Sabbath is what I am forced to break against my will and wish. Okay, so trust the Lord. He wants us to be blessed. He will provide for us. He will give you enough manna on the six days to sustain you past that seventh day. That is his promise. He will look after us. So let him show you the manna he can give you in your life. That's what he wants to do. Okay. So next question is from Justin. Churches selling. I would like your thoughts on what scripture says for ministry fundraisers. If a church or ministry is raising funds and having an event on a Sabbath, selling food plates, having a type of marketplace for businesses and auctions and things like that, is that okay? Okay. So, so when we get to, to ministries, you know, now we need to really consider the aspect of ministry. Ministry is good on the Sabbath, even if it involves labor. But sometimes churches do things that aren't necessarily ministry. So if, let's just say, for example, that they're having a fundraiser, they're having auctions where they're selling things and they're uh, doing things like that, my question would be, why on the Sabbath? Why on that day? Do it on a different day. Uh, there, if there, there, there has to be a reason. There, I, I can't think of a reason, I mean, that it has to be on the Sabbath, where there is auctions, you know, these crying out of numbers and, and transactions and people coming to buy things and, and sell things. And, right, this is quite different from something else. Like, for example, let's just say, though, you have there are, there are other ministries who have teaching materials that they sell on the Sabbath in their church. Now, hey, I'm not going to come and say, hey, that's that's a sin. Uh, I think that, hey, if this means that this is the way that someone can get the word by buying a, a book, a CD or whatever, that is teaching material that can be good. But I will be honest with you guys, just my opinion. If this was me and I was this, my ministry is selling things on the Sabbath, like at a church or something. And this is what I have done in the past. In fact, is I just say, hey, guys, since it's the Sabbath. Yeah, there's there's a stand here with some books on it. You can take it for free and you can give a voluntary contribution if you feel led, but you don't have to. I like doing that. 
but that is not a, something that everyone has to do. I just feel at peace with that. It's what the father's just convicted me of. And so with that, you know, I think that, hey, I, I really don't prefer any business dealings or anything like that. But since many ministries don't do things for business, but they do it for distribution of teaching, that's different. But I would really pray about it. Hey, hey I would pray about it. I'm not going to bash on, on it like this because it's not easy and clear cut and depending on the situation. But but I would definitely, I basically would say this is a prayer matter. Okay. Um, so yeah, I hope that that one helps you out, Justin. I would say the, the obvious business dealings is a no-no. When it comes to things very ministry orientated, uh, it can be permissible. Okay. Savannah, and this is our second last question, I think, for the day. Savannah, guys, I hope this is blessing you guys. Yeah. This, these are some hard questions, aren't they? I mean, come on, man. But they're good. They're good questions. And I really hope that this is blessing you with thinking about your situations. Savannah says, what is Shabbat for a housemaker? I have tried reading all the verses speaking about Sabbath, and I was wondering mostly what it looks like not to work. I understand for my husband working in his day-to-day -day job, and he shouldn't be doing that, she says. But for me, I am an at-home mom. For me, it looks different. Is there a blanket statement or picture across the board of what it should look like? I think we've started to realize that it's really hard to make blanket statements, right? But let me let me read on. She says, just some curious questions I've had since the Lord showed me the Sabbath. I wasn't taught about it much growing up in church. Also, is it more about your heart being in the right place with Sabbath or is it about the legalities, the day and normal traditions and custom behind it? Sorry, I have so many thoughts on it. Thank you so much. They're all very, very valuable, Savannah. And I think there are many mothers who are asking the same questions, who are homemakers. What does it look like for me? And I think the answer is pretty simple. Uh, a, a husband who's working in a job the six days of the week, it's easy for him to understand what he shouldn't be doing on the Sabbath. For the homemaker, for her, I would ask the same. What do you do the six days of the week? Okay, You clean the house. You may uh, do things with the kids. Maybe you're homeschooling them. Maybe, okay, there's, there's a bunch of things, a lot of things that homemakers do. So, my question would be, now on the Sabbath, I, I, I wouldn't say that you should be cleaning the way that you do on the six days of the week. Now, does it mean that your family can't eat? Because you, you may make food on the other days too, right? No, you, you still can make food. You can still you know, prepare the, the like we've discussed, um, in, a, in a way that's easy and not laborious, right? Because it's a day of... I remember my mom... On Sabbath, we would eat really simple meals, right? Because she loves to take off and rest. And that's what we also like to do in our house. And so um, I, I think that that's what, how, you, how you would approach it, is, is think about, hey, what is really laborious for me in my week? And those are the things that you'd be resting from, okay? So pretty simple. She said, is it more about our heart or legalities regarding keeping the Sabbath? Uh, it's kind of... It's kind of about both. It's not about le being legalistic. Um, and it's also not about being like careless, right? So it's kind of like somewhere in the middle about we care about God's day, but we're also not legalistic about it in that 
we we miss the point of the day that the Sabbath was made for us and not us for the Sabbath. So I hope that answers that question. Um, okay, so, um, and the, the last question here that I want to bring to you guys is from Cyril. He says, working out on the Sabbath. Thank you, brother. Since all of these years, my question is if I can run on the Sabbath. In fact, I did run twice on a Sabbath, and three days later, I had a strangely swollen ankle. Now it's healed, but I think I have the answer. Do not run on the Sabbath. <laughs> oh, that's a good, that's funny. All right, so is it okay to run on the Sabbath? So my question would be, why do we run? Why do we exercise? You know, typically we, we run to exercise, to get fit. And anyone who's been to a gym or has done any like real exercise could tell you, man, it's not pleasant because you have to work hard and it's, you know, that's labor. You need to train your muscles and that's, you get really tired and that's definitely labor. So my question is though, is it labor for you? And I think most of the time running would be labor for people. Now, sometimes though, like just say me and my wife, we like to go biking sometimes. Now, when we do that, we don't do it for the exercise. That's actually, we don't go like, we're going to go and exercise. That's not the, the, how we think of it. We go to just, we have some amazing trails up here in Chattanooga and we just go and go through some of those trails and to enjoy nature, the outside, to spend time together and enjoy the fresh air, right? That's why we do it. We don't do it for the exercise. And, but if we were going to do a, like a real long thing, cause we're, we're trying to exercise, that's different. So there's nothing wrong with just enjoying yourself. But if you're exercising and whatever that exercise, that, that thing is you do and it's exercise in that way, that's your purpose and it's laborious then. And yeah, we are probably not going to be doing that. That's why we call it working out because it's work, <laughs> right? So, brothers and sisters, Yeshua gave us four principles that he was building on top of the Torah. The first one was doing ministry work is not breaking the Sabbath, even if it's labor. He also said, what is your motivation? Is it rebellion? Is it or is it because you have a love for God and his kingdom and that's why you're doing it? He also said, is it? Is it about bringing, doing good and bringing life? Like how, how helping a calf out of a pit? Then you're not breaking the Sabbath, even if that's hard labor to do. And then he said, if our obedience is at the expense of justice, mercy, and faithfulness, we miss the point. So that's what I want to leave you with here tonight. I really hope that this has made you think. I want to end this off of a prayer. Father, I pray, Lord, for everyone who's listening here um, regarding this teaching about how do we practically keep the Sabbath. I pray for us all, Lord, you would give us divine wisdom as we love to return to your commandment. Lord, we love to understand your means of how you want us to do this. But Father, I pray, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to be the one who guides us because, Lord, you came, Yeshua, to ascend and send the Holy Spirit to indwell us. Give us discernment, O God, to Make the right decisions in those hard situations we're not sure about. Help us to divide whether this is what we want 
whether we want to go do and this and that, or whether this is actually something that's going to build your kingdom or we want to do for your kingdom. Lord, we want to build your kingdom even on the Sabbath. Help us to do that. Father, I pray, Lord, for everyone who's listening, for anyone who's got a, a, a who has a past of teaching that has been very hard line regarding what it looks like, maybe legalistic. Father, I pray that you would teach us the simplicity, the truth, the freedom that the Sabbath has made for us to bless us, for us to delight in it, to delight in you and in our families. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing it is. Lord, we I look forward to the Sabbath every week. And Father, I pray that everyone who listens would not see the Sabbath as a burden, but something that they can look forward to every week because it becomes freedom to them. Even when sometimes it's a little difficult, Father, we know it would be sometimes, but we know that it's also great freedom for us and it takes off the yoke of the world. We thank you, Lord Yeshua, that you are our Sabbath rest. You are the one we rest in. The fact that you will be the one who rules and reigns and we will have a restoration like never before, Father. Thank you that we will not be under that curse of labor any longer when you rule in the name of Yeshua. We pray all this in the name of Yeshua. Amen and amen. So, brothers and sisters, thank you so much for being with me here. Thank you for joining me in the chat. Um, Many people are saying, I can't wait for the Sabbath. It's good for us. It's family time. It's a hard thing. Um, Many are saying that uh, we stand up for what is good and right, but we love. Amen. 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 So many good comments in the live chat today. Thank you guys so much for joining me in the live chat. And I pray that you this will bless you. Please share this with far and wide with your friends who are also wondering about these things. And if this teaching is blessed, you please consider uh, subscribing, liking it and partnering with the ministry. That really helps us to continue doing this and laboring in the gospel for you guys. Many, many blessings, many, many blessings and shalom.